Canto seventy to seventy two, a book two of the Ramayana of Balmiki, translated by Ralph T. H. Griffith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Omar Dutri. Canto seventy, Varet's departure. While thus he spoke, the envoys borne on horses faint and travel worn, had gained the city fenced around with a deep moat's protecting bound, an audience of the king they gained and honours from the prince obtained. The monarch's feet they humbly pressed, to Varat next these words addressed. The household priest and peers by us, send health to thee, and greet thee does. Come to thy father's house with haste, thine absent time no longer waste. Receive these vestures rich and rare, these costly gems and jewels fair, and to thy uncle here present, each precious robe and ornament. These for the king and him suffice, two hundred millions is their prize. These, what a hundred millions be, reserved, O Lazide Prince, for thee. Loving his friends with heart and soul, the joyful prince received the whole, due honour to the envoys paid, and thus in turn his answer made. Of the Surat tidings tell, Is the old king my father well? Is Rama and his Lakshman he of the high soul from sickness free? And she who walks where duty leads, Kaushalya, known for gracious deeds, mother of Rama, loving spouse, bound to her lord by well-kept vows? And Lakshman's mother too, the dame, Sumitra, skilled in duty's claim, who brave Satrugna also bear, second in age, her health declare. And she in self-conceit most says, with selfish heart most prone to raise, My mother, fares she well? Has she sent message or come unto me? Thus Varad spake, the mighty sold, And they in brief their tidings told, All they of whom thou askest dwell, O landlord, secure and well, Thine all the smiles of fortune are, Make ready, let them yoke the car. Thus by the royal envoys pressed, Varad, again the band addressed, I go with you, no long delay, A single hour I bid you stay. Thus Varad, son of him who swayed, Ayodhya's realm, his answer made, And then bespoke his heart to please, His mother's sire in words like these, I go to see my father, king, Urged by the envoy's summoning, And when thy soul desires to see, Thy grandson will return to thee. The king, his grandsire, kissed his head, and in reply to Varat said, Go forth, dear child, how blessed is she, the mother of a son like thee. Greet well thy sire, thy mother greet, O thou whose arms the foe defeat. The household priest and all the rest, amid the twice-born chief and best, and Rama and brave Lakshman, who showed the long shaft with aim so true. To him the king high honour showed, and store of wealth and gifts bestowed, the choicest elephants to ride, and skins and blankets deftly dyed, a thousand strings of golden beads, and sixteen hundred metal steeds, and boundless wealth before him piled, gave Kaike to Kaike's child, and man of counsel good and tried, on whose farm truth he aye relied. King Asopati gave with speed, Prince Varad on his way to lead. And noble elephants, strong and young, from sires of Indrasira sprung, and others, tall and fair to view, of great Airavad's lineage true, 
and well-yoked asses fleet of limb the prince his uncle gave to him and dogs within the palace bred of body vast and massive head with mighty fangs for battle brave the tiger's match in strength he gave yet Varat's bosom hardly glowed to see the wealth the king bestowed for he would speed that hour away such care upon his bosom lay those eager envoys urged him thence and that sad visions influence he left his courtyard crowded then with elephants and steeds and men and peerless in immortal fame to the great royal street he came he saw as far the steel he went the inner rooms most excellent and passed the doors to him unclosed where check nor bar his way opposed there varad stayed to bid adieu to grandsire and to uncle too then with satrugna by his side mounting his car away he hied the stronghold cars were yoked and they more than a hundred rolled away servants with horses as his kind followed their lord in endless line so guarded by his own right hand fought high sold varad hide surrounded by a lordly band on whom the king relied beside him sat satrugna dear the scourge of trembling foes thus from the light of indra's fair a saint made perfect goes canto seventy one varad's return then varad's face was eastward bent as from the royal town he went he reached Sudama's farther side, and glorious gazed upon the tide. Passed Hadini, and saw her toss, her westering billows hard to cross. Then old Ikshaku's famous son, over Satadru his passes won, near Ailadhana, on the strand, and came to Upper Pariyat's land. Over Sila's flood he hurried fast, Akrivati's fair stream he passed, crossed over Angaya's rapid reel, and Silekhatan onward's teal. Silavaha's swift stream he eyed, true to his vows and purified. Then crossed the lofty hills and stood in Chaitrarat's mighty wood. He reached a conference where meet Saraswati and Ganga fleet, and through Varunda forest spread, northward of Biramachya's pad. He sought Kalinda's child, who feels the soul with joy begot by hills, reached Yamuna, and passing over, rested his army on the shore. He gave his horses food and rest, bathed reeking limb and drooping crest. They drank their fill and bathed them there, and water for their journey bare. Thence through a mighty wood he sped, all wild and uninhabited. As in fair chariot through the skies, most fair in shape, a storm god flies. To Anasthan Ganga hard to cross, his onward journey barred. So turning quickly, thence he came, the Pragvat city dear to fame. There, having gained their father's side, to Kutika's Thika he hied. The stream he crossed, and onward then, to Dharmavardhan brought his man. Thence, leaving Thoran on the north, to Jambuprastha Janit fought. Then onward to a pleasant grove, by fair Varutha's town he drove. And when a while he there had stayed, went eastward from the friendly shade, eastward of Ujjahana where the Priyak trees are tall and fair. He passed, and rested there each teeth, exhausted with the journey's speed. There, orders to his man addressed, which quick and pace he onward pressed, a while at Sarvatirtha spent, then over Uttanika he went, over many a stream beside his path, which courses on the mountain spread, 
and passing Hastinapristak took the road over Kutika's fair brook. Then at Lohitya's village he crossed over the swift Kapivati. Then passed where Kashala stands, thus Thanumati's flood and sands, and Gomati of fair renown by Vinata's delightful town. Went to Kalinga near Hidrio, a wood of salt trees charmed to view. Then passed the sun began to rise, and Varat saw with happy eyes Ayodhya's city built and planned by ancient Manu's royal hand. Seven nights upon the road had passed, and when he saw the town at last, before him in her beauty spread, thus Varat to the driver said, This glorious city from afar, wherein pure groves and gardens are, seems to my eager eyes to-day a lifeless pile of yellow clay. Through all her streets, where asked a throng of men and women streamed along, uprose the multitudinous roar, to-day I hear that sound no more. No longer do mine eyes behold the leading people as of old. On elephants, cars, horses go, abroad and homeward, to and fro. The brilliant gardens where we heard the wild note of each rapturous bird, where men and women love to meet in pleasant shades for pastime sweet. These to my eyes this day appear, joyless and desolate and drear. Each tree that graced the garden grieves, and every path is spread with leaves. The merry cry of bard and beast, that spake aloud their joy, has ceased. Still is the long melodious note, that charmed us from its wobbling throat. Why blows the blessed air no more, the incense-breeding air that bow, its sweet incomparable scent, of sandal and of aloe blend? Why are the drum and tabor mute? Why is the music of the lute, that woke up responsive to the quill, loved by the happy hushed and still? My bodding spirit gathers hence dire scenes of awful consequence, and omens crowding on my side weigh down my soul with wild affright. Scarce shall I find my friends who dwell here in Ayutthaya safe and well, for surely not without a cause this crushing dread my soul overawes. Heartsick, dejected, every sense confused by terror's influence, on to the town he quickly swept which King Ekshaku's children kept. He passed through Vijayanta's gate, with weary steeds disconsolate, and all who near their station held, his escort, crying victory, swelled. With heart distracted still, he bowed, farewell to all the following crowd, turned to the driver, and began to question thus the weary man, Why was I brought, O free from blame, so fast unknown for what I came? Yet fear of ill my heart appalls, and all my wonted courage falls. For I have heard in days gone by the changes sin when monarchs die, and all those signs, O charioteer, I sit to-day surround me here. Each kinsman's house looks dark and grim, no hand delights to keep it trim. The beauty vanished and the pride, the doors unkept, stand open wide. No morning rites are offered there, no grateful incense loads the air, and all therein, with brows overcast, see joyless on the ground and fast. Their lovely chaplets dry and dead, their courts unswept, with dust overspread. The temples of the gods today, no more look beautiful and gay. Neglected stands its holy shrine, each image of a lord divine, no shop where flowery wreaths are sold, is bright and busy as of old. The women and the men I mark, Absorbed in fancies dull and dark, Their gloomy eyes with tears bedewed, 
a poor afflicted multitude. His mind oppressed with woe and dread, thus Bharat to his driver said, viewed the dire signs Ayodhya showed, and onward to the palace road. Canto 72. Bharat's Inquiry He entered in, he looked around, nor in the house his father found. Then to his mother's dwelling bent, to see her face he quickly went. She saw her son so long away, returning after many a day, and from her golden seat in joy sprung forward to her darling boy. Within the bower, no longer bright, came Varat, lover of the right, and bending with observance sweet, clasped his dear mother's lovely feet. Long kisses on his brow she pressed, and held her hero to her breast, then fondly drew him to her knees, and questioned him in words like these. How many nights have fled since thou leftest thy grandsire's home till now? By flying steeds so swiftly borne, art thou not weak and travel-worn? How fares the king my father tell? Is it has it thine uncle well? And now, my son, at length declare the pleasure of the visit there. Thus to the offsprings of the king, she spake with tender questioning, and to his mother made reply, young Varat of the lotus eye. The seventh night has come and fled, since from my grandsire's home I sped. My mother's sire is well, and he, you does it, from all trouble free. The gold and every precious thing, presented by the conqueror king. The slower gods behind convey, I left them weary on the way. Urged by the man my father sent, my hasty course I heed her bent. Now I implore an answer thine, and all I wish to know explain. Unoccupied I now behold, this couch of thine adorned with gold, and eats up King Ikshaku's race, appears with dark and gloomy face. The king is I, my mother dear, most constant in his visits here. To meet my sire I sought this part, how is it that I find him not? I long to clasp my father's feet, say where he lingers I entreat. Perchance the monarch may be seen, where dwells Kaushalya, eldest queen. His father's fate from him concealed, Kaike to her son revealed, told as glad news the story said, for lust of sway had made her mad. Thy father, O oh my darling, now, has gone thy way, all life must go, devout and famed of lofty tart, in whom the good they refuse sought. When Varat, pious, pure, and true, heard the sad words which pierced him through, grieved for the sire he loved so well, Prostrate upon the ground he fell. Down fell the strong-armed hero, high, tossing his arms and a sad cry, Ah, oh, woe is me, unhappy slain! Burst from his lips again and again, afflicted for his father's fate, by grief's intolerable weight, with every sense amazed and cowed, the splendid hero wailed aloud, Ah me, my royal father's bed, of all the gentle radiance said, like the pure sky when clouds are past, and the moon's light is over it cast, ah, of its wisest lord bereft, it shows to-day faint radiance left, as when the moon has left the sky, or mighty ocean's depths are dry. With choking sobs, with many a tear, pierced to the heart with grief sincere, the best of conquerors poured his sighs, and with his robe veiled face and eyes. Kaike saw him fallen there, Godlike, afflicted in despair, used every art to move him thence, and tried him thus with eloquence. Arise, arise, my dearest, why? 
wilt thou famed prince so lowly lie not by such grief as this are moved good men like thee by all approved the art thy father nobly swayed and rights to heaven he duly paid at length his race of life was run thou shouldst not mourn for him my son long underground he wept and rolled from side to side still unconsoled and then with bitter grief oppressed his mother with these words addressed this joyful hope my bosom fed when from the grandsire's halls i sped the king will throne his eldest son and sacrifice as should be done but all is changed my hope was vain and this sad heart is rent in twain for my dear father's face i miss who ever sought his loved one's bliss but in my absence mother say what sickness took my sire away ah happy rama happy day allowed his funeral rites to pay the glorious monarch has not learned that i his darling have returned or quickly had he heed us pet and pressed his kisses on my head ways that hand whose gentle touch most soft and kind i loved so much the hand that loved to brush away the dust that on his darling lay quick bear the news to rama's ear tell the great chief that i am here brother and sire and friend and all is he and i his trusty trial for noble hearts to watch you true their sires in elder brother's view to clasp his feet i fain would bow he is my hope and refuge now what said my glorious sire who knew virtue and vice so brave and true form in his vows dear lady say what said he ere he passed away what was his read to me i crave to hear the last advice he gave thus closely questioned by the youth kaike spoke the mournful truth the high-souled monarch wept and shied for rama sita Luxman cried then best of all who go to bliss pass to the world which follows this ah blessed are the people who shall rama and his sita view and Luxman of the mighty arm returning free from skate and harm such were the words the lust of all thy father ere he died let fall by fate and death's dread calls and wound as some great elephant is bound he heard yet deeper in despair her lips this double word declare and with sad brow that showed his pain questioned his mother thus again but where is he of virtue tried who fills kaushalya's heart with pride where is the noble drama where is lakshman brave and sita fair thus pressed the queen began to tell the story as each thing befell and gave her son in words like these the mournful news she meant to please the prince is gone in hamid dress to dandak's mighty wilderness and lakshman brave and sita share the wanderings of the exile there then varad's soul with fear was teared lest rama from the right had erred and jealous for ancestral fame he put this question to the dame has rama grasped with lawless hold a brahman's house or land a gold has rama harmed with ill intent some poor or wealthy innocent was rama faithless to his vows and numbered of another's powers why was he sent to dandak's wild like one who kills an unborn child he questioned us and she began to tell her deeds and crafty plan deceitful-hearted fond and blind as is the way of womankind no brahman's wealth has rama seized no dame his wandering fancy pleased 
his very eyes he never allows to gaze upon a neighbor's powers. But when I heard the monarch planned to give the realm to Rama's hand, I prayed that Rama hence might flee and claim the throne, my son, for thee. The king maintained the name he bare and did according to my prayer, and Rama with his brother sent and Sita fought to banishment. When his dear son was seen no more, the Lord of Art was troubled sore. Too feeble with his grief to strive, he joined the elemental five. Upton, most dutiful, maintain, the royal state arise and reign. For thee, my darling son, for thee, all this was planned and wrought by me. Come, cast thy grief and pain aside, with manly courage fortified. This town and realm are all thine own, and fear and grief are here unknown. Come with Vasista's guiding aid, and priests in ritual skilled, let the king's funeral dues be paid, and every claim fulfilled. Perform his obsequies with all, that suits his rank and worth, then give the mandate to install thyself as lord of art. End of Canto 70, 71, and 72